0: Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, cojourners. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm excited that we have a poem submission for this week. And the poem is entitled, Freedom Within Me, by Ayla Fejdani. My freedom is within me, it always was. Looking for it in you was where I went wrong. I carry it in my thinking and in my thoughts. I feel it in my voice and in my words. I embody it in my stance and in my slant even if you can't understand. My freedom is within me. It always was. The story you are telling that you have spun has made me so dizzy, overwhelmed, lost. I somehow was made to believe that my pain was my cross to bear, that this trauma had a noble edge. But now I know that's BS, a manipulated farce. I cloaked myself as martyr, as selfless, I thought this was love. Your price of admission is too steep. I'd rather be wild and free. My freedom is within me, it always was. I am the compass, not your beliefs. As long as I keep walking my path of truth, not for your approval, but for my own joy, May I know the sweet smell of azadi deep inside my heart. May I know its unmistakable light, nor shine bright. My freedom is within me. It always was. My freedom comes with unconditioning, unlearning, a life riddled with self-betrayal. The constant shape-shifting to fit your meanings has left me astray. I start by breaking out of the boxes you stuffed me in to learn to live as my whole self. My freedom is within me. It always was. Heaven forbid you were made to feel uncomfortable for the system that helps you feast. You perpetuate all the spaces where I feel most weak. From how you incorrectly say my name, to how you fingerprint me in shame. I am made to feel so far from this world I didn't create. Why do I keep dancing to your favorite song when I've had the escape key all along? My freedom is within me. It always was." Oh my goodness. Yes, 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 yes to all of this. Singing your own song, dancing your own dance, declaring your name, standing in truth, and knowing that that is always available for us to shift into freedom, into liberation, into authenticity. And so thank you so much for sharing your poem. And as we think about us accessing freedom, we wanna talk on today about coping with workaholism, being a workaholic and shifting out of that, reclaiming your life, beginning to live from a place of more clarity and truth and knowing that you are so much more than your labor, You are so much more than your titles. You are so much more than your degrees. You are so much more than your salary. And so I invite you in this moment to take breath and to think about the ways that your labor perhaps has come to define you and has taken over other aspects of your life I invite you to think about the things you have sacrificed, surrendered, given up in order to keep your work, your labor on a pedestal, the ways in which it has become an idol, the ways in which you have sought and pursued worthiness through accolades and accomplishments and denying yourself rest, and denying yourself truth, and denying yourself honor, the ways in which you have neglected yourself in order to build up institutions and corporations and companies, the ways in which you have denied your personhood and really put so much passion, time, energy, effort into chasing things outside of yourself. So you want to consider if you are a workaholic, you want to think about not only the hours that you work, but the priority that you give your work to your life. You want to think about how much of yourself you pour into labor and the meaning that it has as it relates to your identity. You also want to consider if you turn to work to cope or distract yourself from depression, from anxiety, fear, guilt, insecurity, helplessness, powerlessness. You also want to consider what have been the costs to your approach to work. Has it cost you your physical health? Has it cost you your mental health? Has it cost you your relationships? What and who have you neglected in order for work to have its centering role in your life. You also want to consider, are you even comfortable relaxing? Are you even comfortable resting? Are you even comfortable enjoying? Or is stress the norm? Is perpetual labor so much the norm and familiar to you That you cling to it even when you could make a different choice. And so we take in the reality that some of us have labored to the point that it distracts and discourages and diminishes and dehumanizes us. And so if you have come to a point in your life when you decide, I want to live, I do not just want to labor, I want to actually live, I do not just want to produce, I want to actually live, I do not just want to achieve, accomplish, attain, pursue, I want to live. And as you tell yourself that, it becomes another homecoming, that we can be honest with ourselves in the ways that we have sometimes sought to make a home out of our labor, out of our excellence, out of our achievement, and defined ourselves in those ways. And so I wonder if you are willing and ready to tell a new story, to craft a new life, to shift the rhythm of your life. So what are ways that we can cope with, counter, shift out of uh, workaholism? And so I will start with saying that it's gonna be important to look at and tell yourself the truth about What is really driving you to approach work with the intensity that you embody? What is really gnawing at you? What is really motivating you to stay on that track? And so for some of us, It is around it being a trauma response, a feeling unworthy. And so if you perpetually work, then you can feel like you must be significant. For some of you, it is fear of scarcity, fear of poverty, that perhaps you grew up uh, struggling financially and never want to end up in that circumstance again but it has turned into no amount is ever enough. And so you are constantly going to that place of accumulation. I have to have more, more, more because I am afraid of not having enough. You also want to consider if the workaholism is really born out of loneliness. Perhaps you don't have friendships or romantic relationships in your life, and so you are burying yourself in your work, hoping that that will fill uh, the void. Some of us uh, turn to workaholism because when you have uh, empty time on your hands, open time on your hands, you find yourself engaging in destructive behaviors and unhealthy habits. And so some people work to stay busy feeling like they would not have the discipline or the capacity to choose their own wholeness if they slowed down. Some of us really drown in workaholism As a result of socialization, you know, what were the messages that you were told about work? What were the messages that you were told about laziness? What were the messages you were told about significance? And so sometimes workaholism was modeled for you. And then even beyond the family dynamic on a societal level, We know that often one of the first questions people ask you is, what do you do, right? That people can make decisions, assumptions, judgments about you uh, based on what you quote unquote do. And so considering where you receive the message that you needed to be in perpetual motion and that can show up around gender lines What it means to be a good woman or a good man. It can show up around cultural lines that, you know, the ways in which we define ourselves as a community can be directed around our labor. It can also show up in religious, spiritual spaces that, in order to be this spiritual person or religious person, That you have to be perpetually pouring, giving, encouraging, laboring, right? So I invite you to take sacred pause in this moment and consider what are the messages that you received around work and how has that shown up in the ways in which you approach work? the ways in which you define yourself, the ways in which you describe yourself. So in order for us to heal or cope, we have to know what the actual issue is. We have to know what is it I, the void or the emptiness that I am trying to fill with all of this motion, because once I identify that, then I can begin the journey of telling myself the truth about whatever that dynamic is instead of being caught in the myth, in the lie, in the propaganda, in the deception. Along with getting to the root cause of your uh, being a workaholic, it is also important that you intentionally begin to uh, cultivate and build up your personal life right? If I don't give my personal life any attention, then I will consistently be drawn to giving all of my time, energy, and effort to my professional life, right? So what are the aspects of you that have been neglected while you were so focused, some might say hyper-focused, on uh, your work, right? What are the aspects of you? Who are you besides an entrepreneur or an employee? Who are you beyond your day job or your night job? And what are the aspects of you that have been overlooked, that have been neglected? What are the gifts that you have and the ways in which you can begin to attend to the other aspects of yourself, the underdeveloped, the neglected, the abandoned, the disregarded parts of you, the parts of you that perhaps you miss because you have become so consumed with work. And not only the inner parts of you, but beginning to attend more to your relationships beginning to attend more to your friendships and to your family, to set a new priority, a different scale, a different way of determining how you are going to give your time, your energy, your effort, your intention. So along with getting to the root of the issues that are driving the workaholism and also attending more to the other aspects of yourself. It is gonna be important to set a schedule, right? To say, when when are you going to log off? When are you gonna not respond to emails? When are you gonna stop taking phone calls? When are you going to stop working on that computer? When are you going to stop signing up for all of these additional shifts if you are someone who works uh, an hourly employee and you keep taking on additional shifts? And so to say, when am I and how am I ready to set a new pace for my life, a new rhythm to my life and to plan accordingly? Right. To plan accordingly. And so as we uh, set up those boundaries and schedules, it will help us to move out of being a workaholic. And it will also help us uh, to really reimagine our accessibility and what it means. What are the messages that I am communicating when 24 seven? I am always available and always working and always producing and always creating. And what would be a different story I could tell myself as it relates to shifting inward, shifting into relationship, shifting into attending to my health, shifting to attending to my spirituality. And so there are many, many parts of you And so instead of just thinking about, oh, I have to stop working so much to think instead about what is it I'm trying to start doing so much, right? So I, as a result of reducing so much of my energy, time and focus in this arena, I will now be able to develop uh, these other aspects of myself. And so we want to be mindful of that. You also want to think about taking protected time, not just how you schedule your week, but also uh, your vacation time, your holiday time, your downtime, your time for uh, stillness, for solitude, for reconnection with yourself and with others. And as we do that, we can be mindful of what it is we are resisting, right? Because that other way of living, you know, as a workaholic, it has its benefits and we often focus on, oh, well, I'm so glad I made this the priority because look at all these things I accomplished or look at this money I was able to save or look at, you know, this respect that people have of me because of this work or how I am perceived by supervisors or by those who are in a position to evaluate me. Uh, So we think about what we gained by being a workaholic, Uh, but I invite you to think about the cost. I invite you to consider what has it cost you to always make work first? and sometimes uh, the only priority. And so as I acknowledge that it's not to get stuck in a place of shame or in a place of guilt, but it's in a place of accountability, of honesty, of daring to tell myself the truth so that I can then decide, do I want to keep paying that price or am I ready to cultivate a new landscape? Am I ready to dream a new dream? Am I ready to consider what else could be possible for me in terms of my life? So if you are going to actively shift um, away from being a workaholic, you will likely need to communicate your new boundaries, your new schedule, to those that you work with or work for, and that will help you to have a sense of accountability. And then it will also be important to share your intention with those who are in your life, who you care about as a source of accountability, right? Because if I just decide within myself, oh, I'm gonna try to develop the other areas of my life, but I don't really share that with anyone, and sometimes we can easily, more easily slip back into old patterns and cycles. But instead, if I say to those that I care about, those I am in a connection with, friendship, relationship, family, to articulate what is the new boundary? What is my intention? And so by speaking it, I am more likely to live it. By speaking it, I am more likely to live it. And so finally, I will say it's going to be important to change the narrative that we have about rest. You know, what is your idea that you have been telling yourself about stillness or about slowing down, right? So that story is often like, I don't want to be lazy or I don't want to be aimless or I don't want to live a life that has no meaning or purpose. So we have, you know, the story we tell ourselves then shapes and shifts the ways we approach life. And so what is the new story that you want to tell yourself about rest, about balance, about solitude, about slowing down? I invite you in this moment to tell yourself a new story and to let the new story guide the ways in which you live. I invite you in this moment to take sacred pause, to appreciate yourself for the work that you have done and to acknowledge that there is more to you than that, to acknowledge that you miss the parts of you that are not on the clock, that are not in search of ambition or accomplishment, but the parts of you that have breathing room, growing room, living room. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.